couple of basic conclusions, uh, and this gets to the first one, I think, to some of what's been said. Uh, the relationship in film and culture between the mainland and, tai and Taiwan has generally been subject to the broader relationship and also subject to China's insistence on the one-China policy, one-China principle, so that when disputes occur, even humiliations occur, and they're inevitable, Taiwan will end up suffering what I call collateral damage when China wants to punish another country, for example, Japan. And I'll give an example of what I mean by that. Um, the different parties in Taiwan have reacted in a different way. The KMT, uh, Ma Ying-jeou, they've tended to downplay the disputes, uh, even the humiliations, since it, they need to keep good relations with the mainland so economic benefits will continue to flow. The opposition will highlight the disputes, turn them into issues of Taiwanese identity um, uh, and respect for Taiwan. Third point, um, mainland is quite willing to promote co-productions, uh, and also allow Taiwan films into the mainland market to show Taiwan films. Uh, but Taiwan still has a strict quota on mainland films, uh, which is actually increasing now, or will be increasing. Um, still, Hong Kong co-productions are far more successful in mainland China than Taiwan co-productions. Of course, ECFI has been crucial in all of this. Uh, last point, because I won't get to it in my pre full presentation, uh, Haijiao Chiha, Cape Number no. 7, 2009, was really the first Taiwan film to be, to be released in the mainland in 17 years. May 36 million yuan opened the door for other films. Um, in 2011, the, uh, four Taiwan films made only 7 million US, but during the first weeks of 2012, they, they took about 10% of the mainland market. Uh, and I, I mentioned briefly the two films uh, that did relatively well. Um, in terms of imported co-productions um, as, I, as I go on. And there is, there is a market for mainland films and co-productions uh, in mainland China, for Taiwan films in, in mainland China. Uh, if you look at this chart, for example, the co-productions by region, you see that China, Taiwan co-productions only take up 8%, whereas Hong Kong, China co-productions make up 70%. It can be confusing to even figure these things out because a film like uh, Wang Jiawei, Wang Karwai's uh, The Grandmaster, Yi Dai Zongshir, a film like that is really a, a China-Hong Kong-Taiwan co-production. Even though the director's from Hong Kong, uh, main actors from Hong Kong, there is Taiwan money involved as well. Uh, if you look at the number of co-productions by region, again, it's mainland China and Hong Kong followed by Taiwan. U.S. is way down, very unsuccessful for reasons I can go into if there's another audience, another presentation. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, now this is uh, the Hup Hai Pian, or the co-productions. These are the uh, Chinese films, imported Chinese films entering as co-productions. And you see, this is a list uh, in terms of Piaofang, or a box office ranking uh, of all films uh, mainland films, I'm sorry, Chinese language films. And you see, I would highlight the two Taiwan films, I, or, or Love, uh, A Love Story, and I'll show a slide about that in a minute, which ranks number 14. Um, and then number 20, that's Pizza Ying Shong Zhu Chen Mian Kai Jian. That film doesn't get good reviews, but I guess you guys like it. Okay. Uh, a lot of, a lot, maybe a lot of pizza in the audience. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, that ranks number 20. Um, and so here, for example, is Love. And you can see there are a lot of big stars. And 
I'm sorry this doesn't come out so clearly, but you, you have uh, some leading actors and actresses, uh, you know, like Xu Qi and, and uh, Mark Zhao and, and so on. So this was something that played at the Berlin uh, Film Festival. It's kind of very similar, almost like an homage or remake of the British film Love Actually, if anybody's seen that, a romantic comedy, big ensemble of actors. Uh, unfortunately, the critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave only 40%, uh, three rotten, two fresh. Um, but 67% audience uh, rating, so a little bit better than the critics. Um, but if you like to see beautiful people, then this is a film to see. Uh, then, of course, the second one, uh, which is translated as Black and White Episode 1, The Dawn of Assault, which is based on a TV series. Um, some of the critics, like Derek Ellie, refer to it as an embarrassing failure. Um, Taiwan's first action blockbuster is a fiasco. Um, Huang Bo, who's a mainland actor, is, is good in that. Uh, so it has a market beyond Chinese-speaking territories, only needy Asian and, and genre events. Uh, has anybody seen this film? Yes. You like it? Um, so, so. So, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very good. So that's another example. Those are the, those are the two co-production successes. Uh, if you look at, uh, again, if there were time, I would talk more about this, but uh, the ECFA agreement, what it in, entails, um, it's following on the SEPA agreement with, with Hong Kong in 2003, but you can see some of the regulations in terms of, of uh, what's required uh, in terms of co-productions. The storylines, main characters must be related to mainland China or Taiwan. Mainland actors must, uh, must not be less than a third of the total uh, cast in co-productions. Uh, and then you have a lot of other things. But it's really been a boon because before that, before this agreement, uh, Taiwan films were treated as imported films with a quota system. And... It used to be only 20 films allowed, and most of those were Hollywood blockbusters, so Taiwan really had no market. That's why Cape Number 7 really was, was a breakthrough. Um, and from the, going in the other direction, Taiwan has okayed 10 Chinese movies for 2014, um, but it's by lottery, basically. You submit application. used to be standing in line outside an office, and whoever got to the line first would, get, would actually have their films. But now it's been more formalized. They're selected at random with the lottery. So there are 33 applications, and it's just the luck of the draw which films are chosen. Some of them are popular films. Some are not popular films. Uh, it will be going up to 15. Legislation has not yet been ratified. Um, but there's little chance that the quota system will be abolished because there is a concern of, of protecting the Taiwan film industry. Now, we get to some of the real restraints. This is the most important part in many ways. Uh, what, if, what, what is preventing... Well, why is Taiwan being marginalized? Well, here's... You pe many people probably know about the Vivian Shoes because um, it was played all over Taiwan television, reduced to tears when there's ugly quarrel between delegations of China and Taiwan uh, at the 2010 Tokyo International Film Festival. Um, and um, as the movie, as the A-list movie stars are about to make a grand entrance at the, at the, at the film festival, um, they couldn't do it because uh, the name Taiwan China or Chinese Taipei were the only ones the Chinese delegation headed by Zhang Ping would have accepted. So China threatened to boycott the festival if the change wasn't made. It was very interesting because he said, Zhang Ping said, uh, 
Don't you want to sell your films in the mainland? That's an implied threat. Uh, aren't you all Chinese? Uh, so that's, again, the identity issue. And China uses, uses that. So poor Vivian Xu is unhappy. Um, what's most interesting to me about that is China was very careful to blame Japan, not Taiwan, for the problems. So the Global Times in Beijing said, the film festival is held amid the simmering tensions between Tokyo and Beijing over the Diaoyutai, Diaoyudao Islands. Half the article in the Global Times, which is on the People's Daily, uh, were on the recent developments involving, involving the islands. Uh, Chinese fishermen had been arrested. The crew was held for intruding into what the Japanese considered the territorial waters. But Zhang Ping said, this has nothing, it shows you how, how marginalized Taiwan is. Taiwan has no agency. It has nothing to do with our Taiwan compatriots. It's the fourth of the Tokyo organizers. Uh, in other words, that's a, we don't care what Taiwan says or doesn't say. It's a Japan-China issue. And that's the big problem for Taiwan. Um, and, and again, it shows you the timing issue because the Japanese, uh, Toshima said at the film festival, we use this Taiwan description for several years. This is the first time the Chinese delegations complained about it. Clearly, it was related to the deteriorating relationship between Japan and China. And Taiwan was a pawn, um, given no agency at all. Um, last slide is another example. I can show you several from Shanghai Film Festival. This is a Venice Film Festival. Um, this is when Saideke Balai, again, a diplomatic row broke out um, because um, they, it was listed as, as a, a China-Taiwan film or Taiwan-China film at Venice. And, and um, the, the Taiwan side, they, this is a pure Taiwan-made film about Taiwan. Um, 1930 uprising against the Japanese, it should not be listed as, as, as a China film. Um, so this was another uh, issue at the, at the Shanghai Film Festival in 2010. There was, a, there was a Taipei Film Week, which had to be canceled because, again, uh, the Chinese insisted on, on Taiwan, China, implying Taiwan's part of China rather than an independent entity. Uh, so again, these issues will continue to, to crop up because Taiwan is treated as less than certainly a country and just an appendage, basically, a, a minor actor. Okay, thank you.